Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to take another look at Pluto's upcoming entrance into Aquarius, alongside of the topic of aliens, alien life, life forms, UFOs. Um, it is obviously a topic that a lot of people are talking about right now, which I find absolutely fascinating from an archetypal perspective. Earlier this week, I did a talk on Pluto's entrance into Aquarius and why it is likely with that planetary ingress that people would be talking about the subject of aliens. So if you haven't listened to that, you might want to go back and start with that video. Uh, not that you, you would miss anything from this one, but it might give a little bit more context for this talk. Um, in that talk, I mentioned that when the great conjunction was happening between Jupiter and Saturn several years ago in the early degrees of Aquarius, that I gave a kind of fun, entertaining talk on the connection between the sign of Aquarius and aliens, uh, alien abduction cases, um, interest in UFOs, things like that. Um, so I actually dug up that talk and decided that I would replay it today. Uh, just because it's so, it just feels really relevant right now and a subject that a lot of people are DMing me and asking me questions about. And I got a ton of messages after doing the um, video on Pluto and Aquarius uh, with um, the subject of aliens. So I just thought this would be fun for you guys to look back at this video. This is when I was, um, had the, I was going by the name Achuta at that time. And I uh, just, it's interesting to look back on those videos. Like I, I rewatched it and I was like, wow, I just, I was just feel like it was a completely different person. Just, I guess we all change, but anyway, so I hope that you will enjoy it before we get into it. As always, don't forget to like, and subscribe, share your comments, uh, click the notification bell for updates. You can find transcripts of any of my daily talks on my website, which is nightlightastrology.com. If you have a story to share, um, as these big transits are coming through, especially the ingresses coming up with Saturn into, into Pisces, Pluto into Aquarius. I would love to hear from you guys. So use the hashtag grabbed, share your story in the comment section or email us your story, grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. You guys who watch my channel know that we occasionally do storytelling episodes and love to feature the stories you guys are uh, out there living with the planets. So thank you for doing that. And uh, I hope that you will like this throwback to an old episode on the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius and the topic of UFOs and aliens. All right, enjoy. Hi everyone, this is Achuta Bhava from Nightlight Astrology, and today I'm doing a little fun, zany, encore presentation in my Great Conjunction series on Jupiter and Saturn's upcoming conjunction in Aquarius. Um, just <laughs> by chance, I, um, I had a friend who told me about the fact that HBO had done this um, <clears throat> series on the Heaven's Gate cult from the uh, 1990s. And he said, you know, was that, is there anything connected that you can see connected with the, uh, the upcoming Aquarius, uh, the planets moving into Aquarius and especially Pluto coming into Aquarius in 2023, you think there's going to be an upsurge in cults? And I was like, yeah, I mean, that actually had come up in my mind as I was planning the series. And I sort of didn't want to touch it because I don't know, you know, you start talking, sometimes you start talking about certain subjects and you just attract the weirdness that surrounds the subject. So you're like, nah, like maybe I won't go near that. But I thought, you know what, after I uh, actually took a look at the first episode of the Heaven's Gate uh, docu a documentary that just came out, I think it was on HBO. And I watched the first episode just to see what it was uh, like. And it spurred all of this uh, research that I ended up doing over the course of the past few days, just kind of for fun and thinking I might throw together a video looking at two different interesting topics that definitely have a correlation with the sign of Aquarius. 
which are the topics of UFOs, alien abductions, um, and sort of starry cults. So that's what we're going to do today. This is just for fun um, and and just kind of to show you how how zany and, and weird the sign of Aquarius can be sometimes in the in the, all the best ways and sometimes in really kind of crazy ways. So, and why is that? Why is Aquarius associated sometimes with um, with cults? And obviously, not all cults are 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 a bad thing either. Um, let's let's uh, talk about that a little bit as well today. So, um, before I dive into all of this, of course, I wanted to. Um, uh, remind everybody, my Kickstarter is still running through the last last uh, 40 days of the year. I fundraise to support my work in the year ahead. If you guys enjoy this channel, um, I would really appreciate your support. We are getting closer. We're I think we're closing in at about 450 backers now. We're moving towards 691 to break last year's record. If we do that and there's still time left, I'm I feel like is it possible that we could get to a thousand? Is that a crazy stretch goal? Maybe we'll see. So anyway, um, when you donate and support my work in 2021, you can pick up um, a number of different rewards that I offer, different recordings and classes that I sell exclusively through the Kickstarter as uh, rewards and thank you gifts for your donation, as well as 50% off to all of my online classes in 2021, my year one ancient astrology for the modern mystic uh, class, my year two uh, class and my horary class are all on sale. So it's a great time to save um, if you want to do that as well. Uh, all right. Well, thank you everybody for support. Let's dive into this very uh, bizarre uh, topic that I have for today. So um, cult, where does the word come from? Um, a particular form or system of worship. That's the definition and etymology from Latin, cultus, care, labor, cultivation, culture, worship, reverence, tended or cultivated as um, a part of that as well. Um, and also, it can have this connotation of there being certain rites or rituals that are performed as a part of a religious or spiritual group or community. The occult, um, another word that is um, really important, uh, a secret not divulged or something hidden, concealed, or secretive. Um, both of these words in the history of, you know, um, human religion and spirituality don't necessarily have a negative connotation. Uh, they do maybe through some of the popularization of, you know, um, the more destructive or infamous cults, uh, cults of personality that, um, you know, maybe some of the ones we're going to talk about today where people, you know, took their own lives or all sorts of things. But throughout history, people have, um, you know, that use the word cult and occult really to just signify religious sects or groups, maybe the occult being um, religious sects or groups that contain certain kinds of hidden or more esoteric teachings or dimensions. So by no means do I want to say that, that Aquarius's association with the occult or with cult matters is like some kind of dark, uh, heavy charge against people who have Aquarius energy in their charts, right? Like, I have an Aquarian, an Aquarian midheaven in my birth chart, uh, in my tenth house, and you know I grew up in um, a church. I grew up in in as a youth minister in all sorts of different religious and spiritual organizations, um, and also you know I I was part of several different groups, um, uh, ayahuasca communities. Obviously now I'm part of a bhakti community, and I think you know. Um, all of those, all of the things that I'm going to talk about with Aquarius today can easily be applied to things that are 
generally speaking, healthy and, and good and, and normal um, that we all participate in. So um, I want to say that first so that everyone knows this is not a like dump on Aquarians for being like weird and uh, culty in a really negative sense. So <laughs> it just struck me as a really fun and kind of zany topic to, um, to dive into. But there's real correlation with it, which is why I think it's so totally fascinating. Um, okay, so uh, now what I'm going to do is just for, let, let, let's refresh on why Aquarius may have something to do with these weird topics that I'm going to talk about today. For, for what I'm going to talk about are uh, alien UFO and alien abduction stories. I'm going to talk about cults and famous cults and cult leaders. And then I'm just generally, I'm going to mention a variety of different people in both positive and maybe more weird ways that have some association with either Jupiter or Saturn in Aquarius. Just again, all for fun today. So one thing that I think is really interesting um, is that one of the most famous alien abduction stories um, sometimes called the Hill abduction story. And I just learned about this uh, from Barney and Betty Hill, which was an interracial couple in uh, the 60s. And um, on September 19th and 20th of 1961, they claimed that they were abducted by aliens. Now, one of the reasons that this story is cited so regularly is because it sort of um, starts to popularize the, the alien abduction <clears throat> experience or it starts to become more noticed or recognized in popular culture from this moment forward. And what I find really interesting about it is that on this day, um, let me actually put this up on the screen so that you can see it because it's just so, to me, I, when I saw this, I was like, wow, I mean, maybe just a coincidence, but you know, again, kind of a, a zany, fun, weird one. So why not? Um, all right. So we're going to do is we're going to go back in uh, time really quickly here. And I want to show you what was happening on the day that the, the days, I should say, plural, that they um, claim to have been abducted. So we're going to go to September, let me see, September 19th, 1960, was it 61? Sorry, I goofed up. 61. All right. All right, so now I'm going to show you what was happening. You're just, you're, you're going to, maybe you won't be as mind blown as I was, but I thought this was just crazy. So um, first of all, September 19th, 1961, I want you to notice which two planets were in the same sign together. Oh, look, there's Jupiter and Saturn and Capricorn together again, <laughs> right? Jupiter is just about to ingress into the sign of Aquarius. And on the day that this all happened September 19th and 20th, the moon was also in the sign of Aquarius, passed over that Saturn-Jupiter conjunction, went into the sign of Aquarius. This is, again, one of the iconic cultural moments around the, the modern history of the, the story of alien abductions, right? I just think that that, that was like, wow, you know, you, 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 you know, that's a very interesting coincidence uh, to find that, that's, that that's, that sequence of events was happening then and um, is happening again now. The reason I say this, of course, one of the points that I'd like to make over and over again today is that if we see the same kinds of recurring stories, themes, or patterns, it shouldn't be totally surprising. Um, in April of 2020, um, let's just show you this one. This In this past year, uh, in April of 2020, let's go back now, 
and probably a lot of you guys already know this, but right as Saturn and Mars together were ingressing into the sign of Aquarius, um, surprise, surprise, there was uh, uh, the Pentagon releases this uh, information into the public about UFO sightings. So there you have Saturn entering Aquarius, ingressing, and suddenly there is this... Um, you know, this big story in the news about the uh, Pentagon releasing previously classified information, if I understand this correctly. Um, if someone else out there knows more about this, please share this, the details in the chat box. But they released information about all these different UFO sightings, I think a number of which were already known or the footage from some of these were already out there. But I think that's not a coincidence again. So um, uh, another interesting moment in the history of aliens and ufos that's relevant to what's going on right now so there's this connection there with this otherworldly alien ufo thing carl sagan i don't you guys know who carl sagan was he was he had saturn in the sign of aquarius now um one thing that is interesting is that uh cosmos the show that started popularizing space travel and um, you know, astrophysics and black holes and all sorts of kind of almost sci-fi physics um, information or, or ideas. Um, that show came out in 1980, right as the new Jupiter-Saturn, uh, you know, conjunction and air signs was beginning. It's like this iconic show that couldn't be spacier and airier, right? And that's happening as the new Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions and air signs are happening. And I didn't put that together at first, even though I had in a previous talk, you might have heard me mention him as a um, Saturn and Aquarius figure. Um, so that's that's interesting. I'm going to look up one thing really quick that I just thought of. Okay, so yeah, so that's what I thought. Let me just show you guys this too. I, I just, this ju literally just popped into my head and I was like, oh, you know, of course it was released around this time. So Carl Sagan had a very famous, um, he had a, a very famous uh, movie that came out based on his work called Contact. And this was about contact with aliens. It starred Jodie Foster, who I believe has Saturn or Jupiter in Aquarius as well. And um, Jupiter and Uranus were conjoined in 1997 in um, in Aquarius. Jupiter and Uranus, excuse me, were conjoined in Aquarius that year, co-present with one another when Contact was released. Now that 1997 date is going to come up again a bunch in this presentation, so um, just you know, bear with me here. But so there's that that airy, spacey quality. Um, in fact, SETI, uh, the Search for Extraterrestrial Life uh, Institute, or whatever it's called. Um, that came about, I want to show you this date, that came about, SETI came about in, uh, let's see here, November 20th, 1984. Let's go there for a second, November 20th, 1984. Uh, and check this out, Search for Extraterrestrial Life Institute, uh, SETI. Um, very interesting that the day that it came out, Came, uh, they, they founded the LLC paperwork that afternoon. And isn't it interesting that, whoops, isn't it interesting that the moon was going into a conjunction with Pluto in um, 
in Scorpio and squaring Mars, who had just ingressed into Aquarius. Isn't that fascinating? Like I just you can't make this stuff up that there's that continues to be these really important um, connections with Aquarius surrounding important milestones or iconic moments uh, historically around aliens, the search for extraterrestrial lives, you know, um, Carl Sagan, uh, Cosmos, there's so many, um, and, and the alien abduction story that I mentioned earlier, and this theme repeats and repeats and repeats. I, I tried to narrow my focus just to make the point. And if you guys find more connections, interesting dates, or birth charts, or, you know, founding corporation charts like this one, that this is um, really fun stuff to just, you know, it's just fun stuff to do occasionally. If you find anything else, please put it in the comments section. Because uh, today I'm just sort of, you know, I slapped this together, and I'm sort of winging it. Um, so let's ask the question though, why would Aquarius be associated with alien, alien abduction stories, uh, UFOs, and things like that? Well, it goes back to this idea of, let's just for the sake of making it a little simple, let's just talk about Ganymede again, the water pourer. This is the most, the bright shining example of humankind who is abducted by a higher being, a god. Uh, so Zeus, this higher, you know, god slash demigod abducts uh, a human being because they're fascinated by them. You know, Zeus is fascinated by um, Ganymede and, and there's a lust, a desire, a coveting, and remember, covet, we talked about the etymology of that word in a previous part of this series. Covet means also to want something, perhaps at the detriment of that being's rights. I think that's really interesting because there's this weird way in both the alien abduction stories where a person seems to lose their rights, like they, they're taken against their own will. Um, or there's also um, this sense of... Um, whether or not the alien life is hospitable to the safety or concern of the individual. For example, in the movie Contact, if you guys ever saw that movie, the aliens uh, appear in a form that won't scare or that will be um, peaceful to Jodie Foster. I think that's really super interesting. So this question about hospitable foreign life uh, and and things like that. Interestingly, one of the things that psychiatrists uh, claimed that, they, that their explanation for why Barney and Betty Hill had this alien abduction experience, whether they had it or not, I don't know. But one of the things that they said was that, well, it must have been the pressure of being this kind of um, alienated interracial couple in the early 60s when the civil rights movement was, you know, um, starting to really, um, it was it was building such a ton of momentum around that time. You know, so there is this this theme of alienation, of of abduction, of coveting or desiring something that's beautiful, but taking it, and also the the special or chosen one that has some connection to the stars or the gods. These are all themes that sort of permeate Aquarius in general uh, on a like an archetypal, mythological, and even pop cultural level. So let's talk about cults and cult leaders that have that kind of starry, and these are sort of dark examples that I'm going to go through, but um, I will redeem it at the end by going through light examples that show us that, you know, it's not all crazy sauce in Aquarius. Cults and cult leaders, Bonnie Nettles was an Aquarius rising. She is the one who teamed up with Marshall Applewhite to form the Heaven's Gate group. And those are the ones that they, if I'm not mistaken, I didn't watch the whole documentary. I just watched the first episode. And I honestly, I don't think I can watch the whole thing. I just, you know, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not a big TV person in general. Um, 
uh, Bonnie Nettles was an Aquarius rising and she was thought to be the one that really kind of harnessed Marshall Applewhite's bizarre personality in order to form the Heaven's Gate group. She kind of empowered him in his delusions. <laughs> so um, delusions of grandeur. Uh, there's a lot of other interesting um, uh, there's a lot of other interesting dimensions to the timeline. For example, in on March 26th, 1997, let's check. Let me show you this again. Remember, this is going back to right around the time that Contact was released. March. Oh, sorry, hold on. Here it is. Um, and let me show it to you. This is the day that they found the bodies of the Heaven's Gate cult members who had uh, taken their lives and hoping to catch a spaceship to the next level, to heaven. And what do you know? There's a, there's a cameo in all of these from uh, Scorpio, by the way. <laughs> but the moon is in Scorpio that day, squaring Uranus and Jupiter in Aquarius. And remember, this is right around the same time that that iconic Carl Sagan movie Contact comes out. Isn't that fascinating? I mean, just an interesting, and it's kind of, it's obviously a tragic story, but um, an interesting connection nonetheless. So um, Moon was in Scorpio, squaring Jupiter and Uranus that day. Um, so uh, squaring, squaring Jupiter and Uranus, yeah. So um, Charles Manson, another famous cult leader, had the Moon and Saturn in Aquarius, as well as squaring planets in Scorpio. That Scorpio combination seems to be part of it. And I think that that might be a little bit more of the occult nature that might add some of the hidden, darker and more violent aspects of, of those dynamics. Like I've noticed that when you plug in the square from Aquarius to Scorpio, you often get that. Like I've actually, I've literally had sessions with people in my 10 year career who have been, who are actually part of some of some really famous cults um, and um, one pattern that I've noticed has been uh, the square between the sign of Aquarius and Scorpio, where the, the sense of something angelic, otherworldly, special, divine, chosen, that very, that Ganymede myth, the water pourer myth, and um, sort of celestial meets something that might be a little bit um, darker or more malicious. And that's that kind of Marsy, watery Mars influence of Scorpio. Again, are these signs, is there anything wrong with these signs? And oh, if you have these signs, there's something wrong with you? No, not at all. We're just, we're highlighting one of the the weirder dimensions of Aquarius. And you'll notice that Scorpio comes up in a lot of these too. Uh, there's one that's, I, I throw this in, uh, not because it fits the same bill as the rest of them, but the Rastafarians, for example, Bob Marley, born with the um, sun in Aquarius and the moon in Scorpio. Now he was, of course, involved in the, you know, the Rastafarian cult. Uh, and that is, it's a religious cult. So I say cult respectfully, and you know, it's not like, again, it's not like necessarily like an evil word. But that was, you know, they're definitely like, if you've ever looked into what Rastafarians believed, like they had some really unique beliefs. Obviously, some of them are really sort of peace loving and others are really weird. Like, I don't know if you've ever really looked into it and no disrespect because, um, you know, I, I don't know, my own religious uh, community, the Bhakti community has a really bizarre past as well. And actually the the founder of the Hare Krishna movement, um, when it was brought to the United States, he was just a monk who came over and got it going. 
you had an Aquarius rising, right? It was uh, by and large for a lot of people around the 60s, for many people considered it a cult. Um, and it's had to evolve and grow into, you know, kind of uh, carrying the mantle of being a re- like a responsible religious community then had to it's had to weed out certain elements of fanaticism over the years and stuff like that so there there that you'll see that aquarian thing in a lot of different religious and spiritual groups and organizations in general and not all of them are necessarily bad a lot of them are um by and large um that you might see a lot of themes of pacifism peace it's not all murderous it doesn't all end in suicide or you know what i mean so um Anyway, uh, the, another one that comes from the 90s that has this weird history is David Koresh. You guys remember the Waco, Texas compound? David Koresh had the moon in Aquarius, and while Saturn was in Aquarius in the early 90s, they were his, the branch Dravidians or whatever they were called, they were found dead after a blaze at their Waco, Texas compound. All of that started to be triggered. I think it was pretty close to Aquarius season. It was like in February of uh, what, 92, 90, I can't remember. But at any rate, at any rate when they uh, found everyone dead in the compound, that was a Saturn in Aquarius moment in the early 90s. Um, there are some interesting connections with the Jim Jones timeline, the Jim Jones cult, if you know about that one, uh, but not his birth chart per se. I'm not going to go into those um, because they're a little scattered. Um, there's another one, another guy named Joseph de Mambro. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Who's the leader of the order of the solar temple. He had an Aquarius midheaven and rose to power while Saturn was in his midheaven, um, prior to, uh, another, you know, um, suicide murder spree that ended that, that cult. Um, L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology, was born just as, like, literally as, you know, Mars and Uranus were ingressing into Aquarius. Um, I think that's interesting. I pay a lot of attention to planetary ingresses at the time of birth. So even if a person isn't born with planets in Aquarius, if they were born as planets were just about to enter Aquarius, I'll tend to read that chart as that the, the, the Aquarian themes and that those planets and the Aquarian themes will rise to prominence as the life goes on. I think that's really interesting. Not only that, but on May 9th, 1950, on the day that Dianetics was published, the moon had ingressed into Aquarius. Dianetics becomes the book that ends up launching the entire Church of Scientology. Not only that, but you can see, for example, Tom Cruise, big into Scientology, Saturn in Aquarius. Okay, so that that's just, you know, again, a scattershot of interesting parallels. And what do those cults have in common? Oh, a lot of them involve trips to the stars. A lot of them involve the sense of a a special kind of chosen Messiah-like figure, which Ganymede is definitely associated with. Um, not, not, um, it's not really the Christ motif, which I personally tend to, when people say that Jesus has a lot to do with Pisces or Aries, those signs, especially Aries seems to me to, um, be a really good one for Jesus. And that I could do a different talk on that sometimes because people are always like Aries, why? But there's some really interesting reasons for that. Anyway, that's an aside, but the, the, the Ganymede is more like, um, this special, it has a messianic quality to it, but there's also this kind of starry, airy ascending to Olympus quality. That's very otherworldly. It's not like the consecration of a martyr, which is connected to the word Mars. And that's why I, I tend to like Aries for, um, Jesus kind of a shepherd figure, which is connected with Aries too. But 
at any rate. Um, but these are kind of like otherworldly, there's like a sense of otherworldly savior or Messiah, you know, hop on the spaceship, um, you know, and, and again, depending on what it's combining with in the chart, it's not usually just that Aquarian quality, but there's something maybe connected with it. Um, and again, like if I look at, you know, my own life, I have an Aquarius midheaven and I had a really charismatic father who was a preacher. Um, my life changed dramatically when, um, you know, I, I had the position of being the president of a youth organization in, in high school. I was this kind of charismatic leader and I was a kind of charismatic youth pastor and then met really charismatic um, shamans in the Amazon drinking crazy potions, you know, and and um, and of course now I'm into bhakti yoga and um, and astrology and I've had really interesting charismatic um, kind of otherworldly teachers in my life and a lot of that has fit with transits to Aquarius in my tenth house. When Neptune ingressed into Aquarius in my tenth house, I met some of the most important and otherworldly um, philosophy teachers in my life who just inspired me to be thinking about things in very esoteric and multidimensional ways. I had my first Eastern philosophy teacher when Neptune ingressed into Aquarius in the 10th. Uh, I got really into the underlying Taoist philosophy of Star Wars when um, uh, Neptune ingressed into Aquarius in the 10th. So you'll see that that Aquarian nature is pretty broad, but there's often this kind of spacey, otherworldly messianic quality to it. Um, I consider those things to tone my work. If you listen to my channel, you'll notice that I'm always talking about this kind of the need for this kind of otherworldly spiritual focus. Um, so I think that all of those things can, they can express themselves in a range of ways. And it's not always going to be, you know, David Koresh or, you know, the Heaven's Gate people or whatever. Again, just to redeem some of the Aquarius who, Aquarians who are listening to this, you know. Let's talk a little bit about Jupiter and Aquarius. You've got Albert Einstein. There's a, a gifted genius space child, right? Um, you have Barack Obama, who was seen as this kind of cultural icon, um, of, uh, Diana, Princess of Wales. And you do have dark examples as well, like Joseph Stalin. Um, you have Hel Helena Blavatsky, who is really a leader, a luminary in the Theosophical Society. And that is also another one of these really interesting kind of spiritual esoteric cults that has this kind of starry dimension to it. Uh, you have dark figures though, like Pablo Escobar, Fidel Castro. Um, you have playboys that have a weird cult following like Hugh Hefner. Um, you have the chosen child of Michael Phelps, this like, uh, like Olympian athlete. And, and there's a real, there's a weird way in which he has this kind of uh, Ganymede status. He's he's like one of the most decorated phenoms of all time as a swimmer. Uh, you have Dave Chappelle, who is also, uh, to me, is like he was a wonder kid when he first came out, right? Um, and you also have people who are, are kind of the weird alien otherness, like Dennis Rodman, uh, Boy George, um, H.P. Lovecraft, Miles Davis, Enya. Um, how about Alan Watts as a philosopher, um, right? So really interesting figures with Jupiter and Aquarius. And Saturn and Aquarius, you know, I already went over some of these, but Tom Cruise, um, Charles Manson. Um, interestingly, Saturn and Aquarius, Michael Jordan. If there has ever been a cult surrounding a sports figure, it might be Michael Jordan. In fact, they were saying that the Air Jordan logo was at one point the most recognized symbol in the world next to the cross. Like, just think about that for a second. Uh, 
then there was, you know, there's Nietzsche, there's Salvador Dali, there's Aleister Crowley. These are all Saturn and Aquarius figures. Carl Jung, who are also, by the way, and no one ever wants to say this, but the Jungian world is a cult. And I'm not saying that in a negative sense. I'm just saying he was a cult leader. Now, he was a cult leader, again, that I would say is on the, on the side of being really interesting, really intelligent, very progressive, revolutionizing astrology, you know, kind of bringing astrology back. But he also, he's into some really weird shit, like, to, just to be totally honest, like, you know, think about the Red Book, or just think about the Red Book for a while, if you've ever read it, I mean, you know what I mean? So it's, Carl Jung is, um, he's occult, and he's got a, a fascination, uh, he, he develops a cult following, a school that comes out in his name, a whole style of, of work that comes about in his, um, you know, in his own uh, mode. So, Again, no, I don't mean that negatively, but the people that like to paint Carl Jung as this kind of pioneering intellectual who is like well-respected in academic, in the academic canonical sense. No, no, no. He, he has, he's like, he has this dimension to him that's well-respected academically and intellectually, but he's also, he's into the I Ching. He's into astrology. He's into esoteric things. He's into the the realm of the unconscious and going into these bizarre altered states. And he develops uh, in some ways uh, a, a crowd around him that is, you know, that worships him. And one of the things I loved about James Hillman, who was one of his students was that James Hillman said, there's a cult of, of people around Carl Jung that are following him. Like he's the, the letter of the law coming down from the mountain of, you know, with Moses. Um, and actually what we should be doing is taking the best ideas, but living the way he lived. He led, he led a psychological life. It's not like he, he didn't want us to be clones of him. He wanted us to think and learn and live with psychological depth and, and meaning and keep going. But you also have this phenomenon where a lot of people, you know, a lot of the times what happens with great teachers, as we know, over the over time is that rather than emulating the way they lived, and doing it in our own way, we end up doing exactly what they do and sort of becoming clones of someone. And that's also gets into this weird dimension of Aquarius that has to do with like um, <sighs> teachings, but then they can get kind of robotic and mechanical and, and they can start to get like cloned and hard. And that's kind of part of the Saturnine dimension of Aquarius, where there's a rigidity around something that is very beautiful and it almost like ethereal and then somehow it becomes like mechanical and sort of artificial so you have to watch for that a little bit as well um at any rate these are just the the ramblings of a zany friday show about starry cults aliens abductions uh <laughs> and other fun aquarius stuff so i hope that you enjoyed this today um please leave other connections that you see or you can make in the comment section keep it kind keep it civil um i delete comments that are jerky you know even if you make a good point if you do it in a jerky way i tend to delete it um in the meantime uh uh, my Kickstarter is doing pretty well. We're moving towards 691 backers. That's our goal. Um, I really appreciate your support. If you're able to donate, um, feel free to pitch in, pick up a reward reading or one of the uh, gift lectures that I give that's uh, totally exclusive to the Kickstarter or 50% off one of my astrology programs in 2021. So I hope you guys are having a great uh, Friday. I hope you have a great weekend here. And thank you guys again for your support. And I hope you enjoyed this little encore uh, Jupiter-Saturn um, talk. All right, take it easy, everyone. Bye.